One of my favorite board games is the game of Risk. It's a board that has pictures of various countries, and those countries are divided up into different territories. At the beginning of the game, each player gets a certain number of territories, depending on the number of players, and the goal of the game is to build a kingdom. But today, we look at a different type of kingdom. It's a real kingdom, and it's different than any kingdom in the world. It's the kingdom that Jesus proclaims in today's gospel, the kingdom of God. The kingdom is something that Jesus talks about quite a lot. And it's because the message of the kingdom is so central to why he came and what he comes to do in our lives and in our hearts. The story of God this morning continues like this. One day a group of Pharisees approach Jesus and they begin to ask him about the kingdom that he preaches about so much. When is this kingdom of God that you are teaching everyone about actually going to come? Jesus replies, you're thinking about God's kingdom in the wrong way. The kingdom is not something that people will talk about like it is here or there. It is not about a place or a geography. Look in front of you. The kingdom of God is in your midst right now. The kingdom of God is something that can be hard for us to get our minds around because, truth be told, we have the same problem that the Pharisees do. We bring our own preconceived notions of what a kingdom should be. And those preconceived notions can get in the way of us hearing what it is that Jesus is trying to tell us about his kingdom. And here, Jesus is telling us that he didn't come into the world to play a real-life game of risk. He shows that as he goes through cities and villages, that he proclaims a different type of kingdom. His kingdom is a kingdom that brings healing for the sick, acceptance for the outcast, deliverance for the demon-possessed, forgiveness for those stuck in a life of sin, and hope for those who are in despair. Jesus is the promised Messiah, and his invitation into the kingdom is for all people. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Come and follow me. Everyone is invited into his kingdom. And when people hear the message of the kingdom and they respond to Jesus, amazing things happen. Fishermen, prostitutes, and tax collectors become followers, disciples, apostles. Jesus doesn't build an empire. He doesn't amass territory or incite war. Instead, his kingdom is about something completely different. It's about freedom from physical, emotional, and spiritual bondage to sin, death, and the devil. 
It is Jesus reclaiming his rightful rule and reign in our lives and in our hearts. So how do we get into that kingdom? There must be something that we have to do, right? That's the very question that a really rich young man asks Jesus one day. One day a young man comes up to Jesus and asks, what good things do I have to do to get into the kingdom? Jesus replied, God is the only one who is good. Follow his commandments. Then the man says, I have obeyed God's commands. What else must I do? Jesus responds, go and sell everything you have and give the money to the poor. Then come, follow me. When the man hears this, he goes away very sad because he doesn't want to give up his great wealth and everything that he owns. Then Jesus turns to his disciples and says, it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Actually, it's easier for the, a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. His disciples are indignant. Then who can enter into the kingdom? Jesus tells them, if you try on your own, you won't make it. But if you rely on God, everything is possible. The entrance to the kingdom of God is narrow. Only a few will find it, but the road that leads to destruction is very wide. Many will choose this way and live for themselves. I really identify with this rich young man. I think his results on the Strengths Finder assessment might be a lot like the ones that, that I got. Strength Finder is a tool that helps you kind of identify your leadership strengths. And four out of my top five leadership strengths are in what's known as the executing theme, the getting it done strengths. So when this rich young man comes to Jesus and asks what he needs to do in the kingdom, I can hear myself asking Jesus the same question. Give me a list, Jesus, and I'll, I'll get at it. Tell me what you need me to do. I'll get her done. This is what the rich young man is asking for. He's really saying, Jesus, I've knocked out those first ten commandments. Is there an eleventh or a twelfth that you need me to get on? Give me that checklist and I'll get to it. But he doesn't get the answer he's looking for. Instead, Jesus invites the young man to turn away from the very thing that controls his heart. Wealth has become an idol in his God. And it's therefore only repentance and belief that will help him. And so Jesus invites this rich young man to turn away from his worship of money and turn to him for life, security, and a better identity. But the rich young man, he doesn't want to repent and believe. He wants the kingdom on his own terms, based on what he can do. And so he walks away from Jesus. How are you trying to earn God's favor or approval with your heart? What is it that you're trying to do for God? 
rather than hearing and responding to his desire to be with you because he loves you. The way that the rich young man that so many of us try to come to God is something that sin has done to our hearts. Not only does sin separate us from God, but in the independent spirit that it cultivates within us, it makes us believe the lie that somehow we can earn our way back into God's good graces. We believe the lie that even though that we've fallen away from God because of our own fault, we can come back to him on our own terms. So we keep striving for something that we can do, a choice that we can make that will require God to accept us. The sin that infects our hearts is so insidious in that way. So if we can't do it, if we can't enter into the kingdom by ourselves in our own strength, how does it happen? Jesus talks about this very thing with another Pharisee named Nicodemus. One night, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, Rabbi, we know you were sent by God to teach us. Your miracles have proven that God is with you. Jesus replies, you're right. But unless someone is born a second time, they will never understand God's kingdom. What do you mean? Nicodemus questions. How can someone who is fully grown climb back into their mother's womb and be born a second time? So Jesus answered him. The truth is, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they have been born a second time by God's spirit. Humans can only give human life, but God's spirit gives new life and is teaching. How can this happen? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replies, you're a respected Jewish teacher, but you don't know this simple truth. If you won't believe me when I teach you about everyday things, how will you believe me when I talk to you about God's kingdom? What I am telling you is true. God showed his great love for people by sending me, his only son, into the world. Anyone who believes in me and lives in my ways will find that life is complete and eternal. The Father sent me here to save people, not to judge them. Those who want to live in sin and darkness will reject me and bring God's judgment on themselves. But those who want to live in God's ways will turn away from their sin and believe in me. And I will deliver them from sin and death. And they will live forever. The good news of the kingdom, the good news that Jesus tells Nicodemus is that we don't have to achieve or perform our way in because in Jesus God has invited us in. We don't have to earn it. Following the rules better isn't going to punch our ticket into the kingdom. It's not about doing it all. Instead, it's about a relationship with Jesus that comes through repentance and belief. Turning away from the sin in our lives, our disordered appetites, our self-destructive desire for approval, and our selfish ambition. And turning toward Jesus. Believing in him and surrendering to his reign and rule in our lives and in our hearts. This is how the kingdom of God comes 
in our lives. This is why the message of the kingdom is such good news. Because it is about a king who came to die for people that were in rebellion against him. So that those who would believe in him would experience the fullness of life that he created them for, for all of humanity. I have the honor of getting to be a part of so many of your lives. Being allowed into some of those intimate places, those places where you're sharing your story, where God's moving something that I'm really grateful for. One of the things that Jesus teaches throughout his ministry, but especially in the Sermon on the Mount, is that when the kingdom of God comes in our lives, it should change and transform the way that we live radically. It radically realigns our attitudes, our perspectives, and our desires to God and God's design for us. And just yesterday as I walked through the Good Earth Farmer's Market, I thought about the parable of the mustard seed. I thought about Jesus comparing the kingdom to a tiny seed that grows into this massive tree where the birds of the air can come and find shelter. You see, nine months ago, there was only the seed of a vision for a farmer's market. But over time and through the hard work of Pamela, of Britt, of people that painted tables and passed out door hangers and cleaned the grounds and did all sorts of things, that vision grew into an amazing reality where yesterday so many of our friends and neighbors came into and felt the blessing of what it looked like to be a part of a kingdom community. The kingdom of God came yesterday. I have seen it happen as I've had breakfasts and coffees and lunches with you over the past several months. All of those things have made me think about another parable that Jesus told, comparing the kingdom to yeast spread in a large lump of dough, causing the entire lump to be transformed. You guys are being the yeast of the kingdom of God. I see it working its way through your vocations and into the lives of your employees your co-workers, and the people that you serve every day. I see business people making significant sacrifices, even going to the point of risking their own position in the company that they're a part of to protect and preserve the livelihoods of the families of the employees that they live and work with. I see lawyers becoming peacemakers and ministers of reconciliation. I see doctors and nurses turning down more money because that would make them unable to serve the people that might not otherwise get the very best care, especially the poor and some of our military servicemen and women and veterans. I hear testimonies of how people are being brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ and how their lives are being radically changed and transformed through our life groups. Hate and anger are being transformed into love and peace. Apathy and disconnection are falling away to commitment and a true sense of belonging and acceptance. 
I see God's reign and rule coming into people's lives in the ministry of prayer in this community. If you haven't prayed with Rick Archer recently, do it, because every time you do, he'll remind you that every single person that has come for prayer for healing in this community has experienced healing. God's reign and rule has come in this community. Grace, the kingdom of God is coming in our lives. Keep living into your identity as those who repent and believe. As those who experience Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. Keep seeking the kingdom first and its righteousness. Grace, the kingdom of God is coming because Jesus is coming. Let us pray. Abba Father, thank you so much for your great love for us and for sending your Son that everyone who believes in Jesus might not perish but have eternal life. Thank you that the message of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom that you proclaim, Jesus, is open to everyone. And Lord, that when we repent of our sin and we turn to you, we can find that the kingdom of God, your reign and rule, can come into our lives and change and transform our lives into something better than we could have ever imagined or dreamed of. And so, Lord, I, I pray, Lord, right now, as your Holy Spirit stirs in us, as you continue to build us up as a, a people in your kingdom, sent out in your kingdom, Lord, uh, that we would embrace that call. That we would continue to be the yeast of the kingdom everywhere that we go. And, Lord, that you would have all of the glory, that you would have your way, that new lives would be brought to you, that people would come into a relationship with you and that they would know that you are God and that there is a place for them in your kingdom. All this we ask gratefully in the name of our King and Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus.